0: Dogs, cats, fish, familiars of the future who might be tuning in. Um, Welcome to the latest episode of the Daily Science Report. Sorry it's been so long. Good news is there's a lot of new science to cover. So without waiting any longer, I'd like to dive straight into the good stuff. I'm going to skip the bad news. There's a PFAS are in the news again for good reasons. Um, It's the simple way to destroy PFAS by beheading them with a solvent and like boiling water. So that's some promising uh, news there, but we've already, I think, made a whole episode about that, actually. And so here I have another article about bioengineered plants that are yielding greater crop yields, producing greater crop yields. Maybe (laughs) a better way to say that. And so, that's pretty cool. Well, you know, that's good news. So, there's some bad news that I actually want to cover. And uh, I think it'd be kind of fun to start with this one first. Something we're all probably experiencing right around now is mosquitoes and their unbreakable attraction to humans. What the fuck is up with that? I was just trying to play video games outside and enjoy the nice weather today, and I was swarmed by vampire flies. So not super stoked about it. And so as it would be here in August 18th of 2022, they dropped this article from Cell Press, and it's about how mosquitoes have neuronal fail-safes to make sure they can always smell humans. What the fuck, dude? I don't need this. We don't need this in our lives. When female mosquitoes are looking for a human to bite, they smell a unique cocktail of the body's odors that we emit into the air. These odors then stimulate receptors in the mosquito's antenna. Scientists have tried deleting these receptors in attempts to make humans undetectable to mosquitoes. However, even after knocking out an entire family of odor sensing uh, receptors, (coughs) excuse me. Uh. Ugh. Let's see. I feel better now. <laughs> After they attempted to knock out an entire family of odor sensing receptors from the mosquito genome, mosquitoes still find a way to bite us. Now, a group of researchers found that mosquitoes have evolved fraud, uh, redundant fail safes in their olfactory system that make sure they can always smell our scents. So. This is fucking Crazy. After knocking out an entire family of odor sensing receptors from the mosquito genome, they still find a way to bite us. Uh, a group of researchers publishing in the journal Cell on August 18th found the mosquitoes evolved redundant fail-safes of their olfactory system that make sure they can always smell humans. Mosquitoes are breaking all of our favorite rules how animals smell things. Um, In most animals, an olfactory neuron is only responsible for detecting one type of odor. If you're a human and you lose a single odorant receptor, all of the neurons that express that receptor will lose the ability to smell that smell. Um, But that's not the case in mosquitoes. You need to work harder to break mosquitoes because getting rid of a single receptor has no effect. Any future attempts to control mosquitoes by repellents or anything else has to take into account how unbreakable their attraction is to us. The project uh, really started unexpectedly when we were looking at how human odor was encoded in mosquito brain. That was Meg Younger, a professor at Boston University, one of the lead authors. Uh, They found the neurons stimulated by the human odor, one octan-3-OL, are also stimulated by... Amines, another type of chemical mosquitoes use to look for humans. This is unusual since according to all existing rules of how animals smell, neurons encode odor with narrow specific, specificity, suggesting that one octan 3ol neurons should not detect amine. amines. Amines, amines, go with amines, detect amines. Was going with that. So when I say amines, I'm saying amines or however you want to say it. A m i n e s. Surprisingly, the neurons <clears throat> for detecting humans through one octane three O L N amine receptors were not separate populations. That may allow human-related odors to activate the human-detecting part of the mosquito brain, even if some of the receptors are lost. The team also utilized single-nucleus RNA sequencing to see what other receptors individual mosquito factory neurons were expressing. The result gave us a broad view of how common co-expression of receptors in mosquitoes, of just how common coexpression of receptors is in mosquitoes. I'm sorry, I'm going to say that again. So the result gave them a broad view of just how common co-expression of the receptors is in mosquitoes. And that was Olivia Goldman, one of the other lead authors in the paper uh the, what the fuck is going on i don't know i'm sorry guys uh vashel thinks that other insects may have similar a similar mechanism christopher potter's research group at john hopkins university recently reported that fruit flies have a similar co-expression of receptors in their neurons this may be a general strategy for insects that depend heavily on their sense of smell in the future Meg Younger's group plans to uncover the functional significance of the co-expression of different types of olfactory receptors. This work was p- partially supported by the U.S. National Institute of Health. And I suspect it's, it's uh, as kind of like a fail-safe for damage to their receptors over time so that aging flies can still be useful, so to say. Uh, and this... Is an interesting article, so I'm going to make sure you guys get a link. And drop it in the comments. Of course, it's just me just talking to myself right now. That's how science goes sometimes. On to the next piece of news. Let's see. This is cool. This is a cool one. This is good news. This is something that might make you feel better about the mosquitoes. At least for me, this is about how bioengineering better photosynthesis increases yield in food crops. This is also published August eighteenth of twenty twenty two by Carl R. Woese Institute of Genomic Biology at the Univers- and maybe the University of Illinois at uh, Urbana-Champaign. Champagne, Urbana Champagne. <laughs> and so for the first time, uh, ripe researchers, I'm not sure what that stands for yet. Okay, sorry, these dating apps are checking nuts. Um, they've proven that multi-gene bioengineering of photosynthesis increases the yield of a major food crop in yield trials. After more than a decade of working towards this goal, a collaborative team led by the University of Illinois has transgenically altered soybean plants to increase the efficiency of photosynthesis, resulting in greater yields without loss of quality. Huzzah! So this is a beneficial use of bioengineering um, or genetic engineering in our food crops. A lot of people have a real phobia, concerning genetic engineering. And it's just a lack of understanding of what's really going on. We're just kind of speeding up the process that nature kind of does on its own. And of course, there are long-term effects of every change that need to be kind of investigated, just like anything, you know. But of course, we have to accept that there are natural um, mutations that happen within nature that could be bad for us. So it's, it's good to at least get a handle on the situation. And so instead of um, bioengineering plants to become more pesticide resistant so they can be sprayed with more toxins, what we're doing here is we're simply increasing um, the, uh, the power of their photosynthesis so that we get better yields without diminishing the quality of the food according to the study. Now, you never know who's funding these studies. I don't know who's funding this study yet. Um, You know, we'll get there. Um, Anyway, back to the article. Results of this magnitude couldn't come at a more crucial time. The most recent UN report, The State of Food, Security and Nutrition of the World 2022. There you go found that in 2021, nearly 10% of the world population was hungry, a situation that's been steadily worsening over the last few years and eclipsing all of our threats to global health and scale. Uh, According to UNICEF, by 2030, more than 660 million people are expected to face food scarcity and malnutrition. Two of the major causes of this are inefficient food supply chains and harsher growing conditions for crops due to climate change improving access to food and improving the sustainability of food crops in impoverished areas are key goals of this study and the ripe project realizing increased photosynthetic efficiency or ripe is an international research project that aims to increase global food production by improving photosynthetic efficiency in food crops for smallholder farms in sub-Saharan Africa with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research and UK Foreign uh, commonwealth and development office okay so just a uh, mm, that's a whole nother show i'm sorry uh, the number of people affected by the food insufficiency continues to grow and projections clearly show that there needs to be a change at the food supply level to change the trajectory that was one of the ripe research scientists amanda de souza and one of the lead authors actually our research shows an effective way to contribute to food security for the people who need it most while avoiding more land being put into production. Improving photosynthesis is a major opportunity to gain the needed jump and yield potential photosynthesis is a natural pro- uh, process that all plants use to convert sunlight into energy and yield it's surprisingly inefficient. 100-plus uh, step, pl- uh, step process that ripe researchers have been working on to improve for more than a decade. In this first of its kind work recently published in Science, the group improved the VPZ construct within the soybean plant to improve the photosynthesis and then constructed field trials to see if yield would be improved as a result. The VPZ VPZ construct contains three genes that code for proteins of the uh, xanthophyll cycle, which is a pigment cycle that helps the phytoprotection of the plants. Once in full sunlight, a cycle is activated in the leaves to protect them from damage, allowing leaves to dissipate the excess energy. However, when the leaves are shaded by other leaves, clouds, the sun, this Photo protection needs to switch off so leaves can continue to photosynthesize um, with a reserve of sunlight. It takes several minutes for the plant to switch off the protective mechanism, costing plants valuable time that could have been used for photosynthesis. The overexpression of the three genes from the VPZ construct accelerates the process, so every time a leaf transitions from light to shade, the photo protection switches off faster, Leaves gain extra minutes of photosynthesis, which, when added up throughout the entire growing season, increases the total photosynthetic rate. This in, this research has shown that despite act, achieving more than 20% increase in yield, seed quality was not impacted. Despite higher yield, seed protein content was unchanged. This suggests some of the extra energy gained from improved photosynthesis was likely diverted to the nitrogen-fixing bacteria in the plant's nodules. Um, Researchers first tested their idea in tobacco plants because of the ease of transforming the crops, genetics, and the amount of seeds that can be produced from a single plant. These factors allow researchers to go from genetic transformation into a field trial within months. Once the concept was proven in tobacco, they moved into the more complicated task of putting the genetics into a food crop, being soybeans. Having now shown very substantial yield increases in both tobacco and soybean, two very different crops suggests this has universal applicability, applicability. (laughs) Our study shows that realizing yield improvement is strongly affected by the environment. It's critical to determine the repeatability of this result across environments and further improvements to ensure the environmental stability of the grain. Um, Additional field tests of these transgenic soybean plants are being conducted this year with results expected in early 2023. The major impact of this work is open to the roads for showing... We can bioengineer photosynthesis and improve yields to increase food production in major crops. It's the beginning of the confirmation that the ideas ingrained by the RIPE project are a successful means to improve yield in major food crops. The RIPE project and its sponsors are committed to ensuring global access and making the project's technologies available to the farmers who need them the most. I question that this has been a road of more than a quarter century for me personally starting first with theoretical analysis of theoretical efficiency of crop photosynthesis simulation of the complete process by high performance computation followed by application of optimization routines that indicated several bottlenecks in the process in our crops Funding support over the past 10 years has now allowed us to engineer alleviation of some of these indicated bottlenecks and test the products at field scale. After years of trial and tribulation, it is wonderfully rewarding to see such a spectacular result for the team. Pretty freaking cool. I'm totally into it. Wow. So here's the journal that comes from. Let me just cite the whole page here for you dudes. Here we go. There's multiple sources in this one. Um, And Hopping back in. On to one more article before I maybe wrap it up. We'll save some for later. Um, I might just leave it there. I got food cooking. I got video games ready to play. The weather's finally cooling down. Oh, Ah. Ah. we have so many interesting stories. I'm just going to pick kind of a boring one to finish it up with Uh, since I'm sneezing so much in this one. I apologize and I'm not even staying true to the title. I'll change the title later. Okay. Okay. This is kind of cool. There's a team developing oral insulin tablets and they've been having breakthrough results from the university of British Columbia, August 30th, 2022, a team of university of british columbia researchers are working on developing oral insulin tablets as a replacement for daily insulin injections and have made a game-changing discovery they've discovered that insulin from the latest version of their oral tablets is absorbed by rats in the same way that injected insulin is these exciting results show we are on the right track to developing insulin formulation that will no longer need to be injected before every meal, improving the quality of life as well as mental health of more than 9 million type 1 diabetics around the world. That was Professor Anu Dab, Pitap Singh, um, the principal investigator from the F- Faculty of Land and Food Systems. He explains the inspiration behind the search for a non-injectable insulin comes from his diabetic father, who's been injecting insulin three to four times a day for the last 15 years. According to Dr. Alberto Baldelli, a senior fellow in Dr. Pintap Singh's lab, they are now seeing nearly 100% of the insulin from their tablets go straight into the liver. In previous attempts to develop a drinkable insulin, most of the insulin would accumulate in the stomach. Even after two hours of delivery, we did not find any insulin in the stomach of the rats we tested. It was all in the liver, and this is the ideal target for insulin. It's really what we wanted to see. That was Ying Go Uh I'm sorry. Yigong Guo, uh, first author of the study and PhD candidate working closely on the project. And congratulations, guys. Like Just, you know, when a project comes from a place of love like this, that's when you get these like miraculous kind of results, I feel like you know the hundred percent delivery to the liver, I think is just amazing and um shouts out to love for <laughs> being the muse of science in so many cases um. When it comes to insulin delivery, injections are not the most comfortable or convenient for diabetes patients, but with several other oral insulin alternatives also being tested and developed, the UBC team worked to solve where and how to facilitate a higher absorption rate. Dr. Pradipsingh's Singh's team developed a different kind of tablet that isn't made for swallowing, but instead dissolves when placed between the gum and cheek. This method makes use of the thin membrane found within the lining of the inner cheek and back of the lips, also known as the buccal mucosa. It delivered all of the insulin to the liver without wasting or decomposing any insulin along the way. For injected insulin, we usually need 100 IU per shot. Other swallowed tablets were developed that go into the stomach might need 500 IUs of insulin, which mostly wasted, and that's a major problem we've been trying to work around. Most swallowed insulin tablets in development tend to release insulin slowly over two or four hours, while fast-release injected insulin can be fully released in 30 to 120 minutes. Similar to the rapid-acting insulin injection, our oral delivery tablet absorbs after half an hour and can last for about two to four hours long. Potential broad benefits. The study is yet to go into human trials, and for this to happen, Dr. Pradap Singh says they will require more time, funding, and collaborators. Come on, guys. Uh, But beyond the clear potential benefits to diabetics, he says, the tablet they're developing could also be more sustainable, cost-effective, and accessible. More than... 300,000 Canadians have to inject insulin multiple times per day. Dr. Pratap Singh says that's a lot of environmental waste from the needles and plastic from the syringe that might not be recycled and go to landfill, which wouldn't be a problem with an oral tablet. He explains their hope is to reduce the cost of insulin per dose since their oral alternative could be cheaper and easier to make. Transporting the tablets would be easier for diabetics who currently have to think about keeping their doses cool. This is so amazing guys. Congratulations to the whole freaking team at University of British Columbia up there in Canada. Shouts out to the Canadians, eh? You guys are doing great up there. I'm so proud of y'all. Amazing. Um, I thought this was going to be a boring article. I was totally wrong. This is amazing. Published here in Nature. Congratulations, guys. And, um, I'm going to drop a link right here in the comments and leave you guys with that really cute story. What an amazing, cute story. Um, We'll do mosquitoes and insulin is the title. (laughs) Blood sugar, (laughs) science magic. (laughs) All right. There's the link to the third article. I hope you guys found that last one as cool as I did. I hope y'all all all learned as much as I did. That was totally interesting. And I'll see y'all soon on the next one. I'll try to get some more people in for the next one. And we'll have more of a discussion around some of this cool science that's coming out. And so with that, I think I'm going to wrap it up. All right, humans, stay human.